Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Thanks. Welcome, everyone. Morning. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength, isn't that right? Our boiler's been broken at home this week, yeah? So no heating, yeah? Like, you know, no warm water. And um, this morning I was getting out of bed and I was like, you know when you go in the shower and it's like freezing cold, right? Who knows that you actually stay cold for the rest of the day? It, It gets to your bones, right? And this morning I was getting out of bed and I went into the bathroom and I was like, Lord, I know this is crazy, right? But I, don't, I can't do another cold shower. Like, I just can't do it, right? And you ladies out there will know that there's a difference between washing your hair with warm water and washing your hair with cold water. Cold water turns your hair all crazy. And I, I, even wax wasn't working in my hair, right? So I was like, Lord, I can't go to church and preach with crazy hair. So... I did this thing where I stood in the bathroom and I reached out of my hand and I said, shower, in the name of Jesus, you're going to give me warm water. And then I was like, that's not going to work, is it? So I kind of got in the shower and I turned it on. And I wasn't under the shower. I was like, I'm not that brave. I was like, Lord. And I put my hand out and it was warm. I was like, come on, Jesus. So, yeah, so I had a really warm shower this morning. And I, I, I stood under it and I was like, do I have a really quick shower and then tell the rest of the family there's warm water? Or do I just enjoy it? I'm sorry, church, but I just enjoyed it. I was just bring it on. Lord, this is amazing. And I got out and Levi said, Dad, I tell you what. You're my hero. Standing that long under the cold shower. (laughs) So, Lord, I repent this morning of any lies that I've spoken over my family this morning. But it was good. It was good. Okay, so, yeah, we're just on the 10, just 10 series on commandments. And uh, this this commandment, commandment four, is is basically, remember, um, the day... God's day of rest. And it says this in the Bible, it says, For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And that's Exodus 20, verse 11. So hands up, hands up if you take a day's rest in your week. Okay, yeah, a few of us, good, good, good. Hands up if you're too busy to take a day's rest in your week. Yeah, about the same number of hands. Hands up if your schedule doesn't allow you to take a day, but really you would like today a day's rest. Yeah, lots of different hands up there. But let me tell you, if you're too busy in your schedule or you just don't take a day's rest, 
The McKinsey Health report that talks about global health says you're 75% more likely to experience burnout than those that do schedule rest during their week. People across the nation and across the world are burned out. Do you know that? So many people burned out, exhausted and depressed. But here's the thing, church, burnout isn't new, but it is a major issue. Burnout is widespread. And you go, well, what is burnout, Craig? Well, it's being exhausted, it's feeling like you're trapped in a, a cycle of very little or no hope, and there's no change likely. And burnout is widespread across our globe. Another study by Asana, who were a software and data tracking expert, looked at over 10,000 workers across seven countries and found out that 70% of people experienced burnout within the last year. reported being exhausted, always tired. Over 40% were stressed. 35% were overwhelmed. And 23% reported they were depressed. You see, church, burnout is reaching an incredible proportion of people today. We read about it in the news. We read about it in our papers. We read about it on our tablets and our mobiles. And we need to be aware of the risks for ourselves and for others. So what do we need to be mindful of? Well, our time, first of all. You know the saying, time is money? Have you heard that? Time is money? Let me tell you, church, time is more than money. Money can be replaced, but time cannot. Actually, I'd say that time is priceless. Time cannot be traded like money. And how we use and choose to use our time is vital. One of the most important times of my day is that I start my day in silence. Have this time at the beginning of my day when I start it purposefully in rest. And it isn't that I start my day at 9 o'clock and at at 8.45 I have that time. No, at 9 o'clock, when the day starts, I start it in silence. And it does two things. It makes me feel in control, no matter what's coming in my day. But it also gives my day to God. And it says... God, you are my everything, and in you, all things are possible. I want to hand my day over to you, and I invite him to be part of everything I do in that day. You see, God's message about rest is very clear, church. And if creation didn't crash on the day when God rested, guess what? It won't crash for us either. It's not our job to run the world, but it is our job to prioritize rest. 
I like this little acronym for rest. R is for routine to manage it. Let me tell you, church, if you don't have a discipline for rest, guess what? It'll get pushed out and squeezed out of your day. We need to have emotions to manage it. You know, so many times I'll start my day and emails are flying early or someone calls me early or, you know, something crazy happens in the house like the cat gets stuck on the shed roof or something. There's always something, right? But it's having the emotion to go, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay away from that for now. Sabbath. We're going to talk about Sabbath today, what that means, what is that word? What does Sabbath mean in today's culture and today's society? But I'd like to equate Sabbath with rest. And if we don't maintain rest, guess what? We won't feel restful. We need to prioritize rest. We need it to be a regular rhythm of our lives. We need it to be a regular rhythm in our week. And if we don't prioritize it, it won't come into our way. It won't come into our world. It won't come into our rhythm. And thoughts to remember it. You know, the old-fashioned way of thinking that rest is just sat on a chair with your eyes closed and nothing going through your mind. I think that's foolish. I think rest can be found in all different places and spaces. A walk in the woods or a walk somewhere beautiful or kind of having a coffee in silence in a cafe that's just and watching people praying for people. Rest can be different things to different people. And our modern lifestyles are ruthless, aren't they? They are. They're ruthless. We carry around our connection to work in our pockets 24-7. Yeah, we call them mobile phones, but actually, they're laptops, aren't they? People feel they can contact us 24-7. And the pressure and the expectation is enormous. How many of us here this morning, church, email someone or message someone, and if they don't get back to us within a few minutes, we send another message. Are you all right? What's wrong? And the expectation is that that person's going to get back to us immediately. Oh, what's happened? Exactly. In the fourth commandment, God speaks clearly about how we order our time. One day in seven, one day in seven, we are told, we're to have as a holy day. For the sake of our health, our sanities, our families, our relationships, our spirituality, we all need rest. I realize this is harder than it's ever been. I remember when I was a kid, walking down the high street on a Sunday. Some of you are old enough to share this. And everything was closed. Can you remember that? All the shops were closed. Yeah, you might have had a little newsagent that was open, you know, some of the hours for papers and bits and bods. But it was pretty much, it was quiet, wasn't it? It was silent. There was like not much happening in and around a Sunday. All the entertainment, you couldn't go to the cinema, you couldn't do things of leisure. It was all shut. 
Compare that with today. It's the complete opposite. But I want to encourage you this morning, by taking this commandment seriously, it doesn't mean we have to turn the clocks back, trying to get everything shut down and how it was. You hear people say, oh, we need to go back to how it was. I don't think we do. I think this is an opportunity for us, church, to stand apart from the world, to be set apart from the world, and to show the world what it looks like not to live under the pressure and the pace and the brutality of just always being on the go, always having something to do. And we need to give serious thought to this commandment today, don't we? What does it mean? Let me talk briefly about the rhythm of life. See, when God talks about the Sabbath or the day of rest, it was about how he created the universe. You see, into the the vast universe that God, he had imprinted an order. And we see that order through everything he created, whether it's the rotation of the earth, whether it's the waves and the tides, whether it's the, 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 the sheer amazement of nature. I love watching those Blue Planet programs. You know? Do you enjoy watching those? Yeah? I always laugh at the first bit when they talk about, you know, these animals came from nothing. I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Just crack on. Let's get to the important bit. Um, but these animals, like, you know, the rhythm of life, the timings of life, the way that they evolve, the way that they, they, they kind of sustain their kind of, you know, I don't know, just the, the whole birthing and everything else is amazing. So it's no surprise to me that we would have and God would have timings for me and you. If you had timings for the way the earth goes around the sun, if you had timings for the waves and the tides and the oceans, how much more does he love us? So therefore, why would he not have timings for us? Have we ever thought of that? God himself gives us that timing. And the principle of rest is is really at the heart of what God was saying. He was saying, at the end of work, make sure you rest. Just as I did. When I created the whole universe, on the seventh day I rested. And I believe that is what he's saying to us. We were made in his image. We have a rhythm that God has given us to be followed. And I believe that rest is inherited from our Father. And it's something that he wants us to take seriously. It's in our DNA. And he really wants, he's done it for a reason. And he loves us and he cares for us. And more than we'd ever can realize or imagine. So therefore, this is a a gift from God himself. Let's look at a brief history of rest. Well, this commandment, as it was originally given, refers to the seventh day of the week. Which is actually our Saturday, not our Sunday. Did you know that? Keeping the Sabbath by... Refraining from all work was one of the great distinguishers 
of the Jewish people in the Bible. A tradition that modern Judaism continues to do. See, in the Old Testament, there were various other Sabbath laws strictly limited to that day. For example, you couldn't travel. Or you could only travel, I think, so many meters from your own home. You couldn't prepare food, for example. And that was the customary. That was the way that the law told us that we had to rest. But then Jesus came. And in Jesus' day, the religious authorities had, had prepared a list, if you like, of restrictions, yeah, of how the rest, the day of Sabbath, should be worked out. And Jesus came to challenge that list, let me tell you. And he had a number of disputes, didn't he, with the religious leaders over the true purpose of, of Sabbath. You see, after the resurrection of Jesus, something remarkable happened. Christians started worshipping on a Sunday, the first day of the week. The fact that the resurrection had occurred on a Sunday might have been a key factor in making that switch. But the Holy Spirit had given on a Sunday, had been given on a Sunday, sorry, as well. And I think that's also an important factor. So you had Jesus as resurrection on a Sunday, you had the, the Holy Spirit being given to the disciples and the people on a Sunday. And then within the Ten Commandments, it's restated in the book of Deuteronomy, the purpose of this commandment is that people should take a day of rest. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. In other words, the Sabbath was to be a celebration, not just a creation of things we should do and what we shouldn't do. On that basis, it's hardly surprising, church, that Christians felt liberty to shift the day to celebrate the greatest deliverance achieved by Jesus on the cross. See, it went from law and lists to celebration and freedom. And that's what a day of rest is about. There may have been a practical element of switching from a Saturday to a Sunday. If some of the Christians from a Jewish background were observing the Sabbath, the only time they would have been able to meet for worship would have been either before the start of the day on the Sunday or on the evening. It says in Acts 27, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached into them, ready to depart on the tomorrow. And continued his speech until midnight. You see, there's no evidence of the early Christians applying the old Sabbath rules to work on a Sunday. In fact, for several centuries, the first day of the week came as a celebration. It marked fellowship. It marked being together. It marked a church growing. 
So it was important that they met together, like we meet together. And then soon churches all over the Mediterranean started to meet on Sundays, which was then classed as the first day of the week. So when do we keep day of rest? When do we keep that time for God of rest? Does it mean to us that our time of rest should always be on a Sunday? Not necessarily. In most Islamic countries, Sunday is a normal working day. It is in our country. And Christian believers often have to find another day or another time to rest. For many, this is the case. Those in medical professions, you know, Shona can't make every single Sunday because of her work at the hospital in emergency services, in charge of public utilities. And also, dare I say it, church leaders as well. If you haven't realised, most church leaders, Sunday is probably one of the most busiest days in the week. For me personally, I don't get a Sabbath, but I do protect time in my week for rest. See, my day is broken down into various other times when I do get to rest. I call it my off-the-grid time. So say to my bosses, you can contact me any time, but between these hours, between 5.30 and 7.30, I will not be answering my phone, I will not be on email, I'm not contactable. And that's because it's a time when I cook dinner for my family, we eat together, we still tell stories together, we ask each other, how's our day gone? And my kids know that that time is set for them. They know that if they need time with dad or my wife needs time with me, that's the time when I'll be fully focused on them. And I will not get distracted. My bosses know it. My teams know it. Everyone who sort of around my life knows that you can't contact Craig. Even Lucas knows He's not getting Craig time between half five and seven o'clock. <laughs> but we need to take rest seriously, church. The command or the commandment shows us something in the value of rest. At the most basic level, a day off a week is good. Okay? It is good. But it's not possible for all of us. In which case, we need to find another time to relax. Another time that we can take out of this fast-paced lifestyle that we all live. You see, taking time off during the week to renew yourself is not a luxury. But we think it is. We feel guilty taking time out. But this is how God intended us to live. This is what he instructed to us. You see, taking a day of rest or, or even some times of rest, like my off-the-grid time, do you know what that does? It makes a statement about who I am. It says, I'm giving time to the things that are most important to me, God and my family. And you know what, church? The world needs to see that. It needs to hear that. And it needs to see an example 
of that. In Genesis, we read about how God made everything. And then he stopped and he stood back and he saw it was good. Even on the ultimate job of making the universe, God does not become work-obsessed. He didn't say, on six days I created the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day I wasn't quite happy about how that landmass was looking, so I just did a little bit of refinement. Or the oceans didn't look quite the shade of blue that I intended them to be, so you know what? I spent the seventh day just correcting that a little bit, just to make it better. He didn't do any of that. He stopped. And he reflected. And he rested. We, church, are made in his image. And we would do well to learn the same principle. Let me talk very briefly about making your rest special. You need to guard your rest. A time of rest doesn't just happen. You need to be intentional about it. Your mobile will not stop pinging. Let me tell you, church. Your emails will not stop coming. Jobs in the house will still need doing. Even if Jesus, in the midst of a busy ministry, was proactive in going off and taking time of rest, we need to do that. We often read in the Bible accounts of how he would go into a solitary place in order to escape the crowds. Where's your solitary place? Where do you go to to escape a busy life? What I love to do, I love to go fishing. That's my place of rest. But you know what, church? We can be refreshed in our rest. The Sabbath was a day of physical and mental restoration, but also of productivity, a day to recharge our bodies and minds. You see, resting church is about recovery. It's about restoration. It's about doing things that aren't stressful. And I want to encourage you, what makes you relax? If mine's by the riverbank, where's your place? Also, you need to have freedom in your rest. See, the religious leaders in Jesus' time made this list. You know this list I was telling you about? Of things you can't do on a day of rest. You couldn't prepare a meal. You couldn't sew on a button. You couldn't light fires. You couldn't walk more than two or 3,000 feet from your home. Do you know this list, church? There was 1,521 rules that you couldn't do on your day of rest. Wow. One and a half thousand things you can't do when you're resting. That was the list. That was what the religious leaders were saying you couldn't do. I found Jesus' rhythm with the Sabbath was fascinating. Time and time, again, his actions got into trouble with the religious leaders. You see, Jesus felt free to heal and to cast out demons and to spend time with friends on the Sabbath. 
and when he was criticised, when the religious leader said, you shouldn't be doing that because it's the Sabbath, he said this. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And those attitudes can happen today, can't they? And we need to be careful, church, of judging others in terms of how they spend time resting. I think you can enjoy others in your rest. Jesus did. Sabbaths were given so we could spend time with others who we're closest to. See, God's day of rest was used to extend relationships, to deepen relationships with his family, with his disciples, with his friends. Back to my resting. He saw me earlier relaxing, but the truth is it wasn't just me. Take a look. You can enjoy rest with others. In fact, I encourage you to do this. Jewish people have the practice of gathering family. And having meals is a, a real central focus of their Sabbath. And I think we need to do the same. Took my friend Paul along fishing as well. He's, I think he's out doing youth. And Ian, we had a great time. Just hanging out, fishing together, talking to God's stories together. So good, so good. So finally, the challenge of us taking time to rest. While we like the idea, perhaps, of rest, sometimes we resist the reality, don't we? I think as a society, we've become rest-phobic. We kind of ignore the need for rest. We just keep going. And by doing that, we carry this physical and psychological and emotional and spiritual price tag. How many times when someone says, how are you? People say it to me all the time. Hey, Craig, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. It's like it's a good thing. You know, do we do that, church? Do you find yourself doing that? Oh, I'm really busy. And we go, oh, well, that's good. It's not good. <laughs> we need to be more honest with each other. How are you doing, Craig? Pete said to me yesterday, how are you doing, mate? I said, Pete, I've had a shocker. I've had an awful week. I've got a flood in my basement. I've got no hot water. Works pants. I'm, me and Caroline are arguing like you wouldn't believe. And he's like, right, I'm just going to pray for you now. He did. She prayed, pitched it right, Lord, come on. Craig needs to see breakthrough here. He's having a tough week. Now, I could have said, yeah, Pete, I'm all right, busy. But I wouldn't have got Pete's prayer, would I? You see, we need to be more honest with each other, church, in terms of how we're feeling. And I want to, we should be encouraging each other. When's the last time you had some time out? When's the last time you had some rest? Are you getting time just to chill? Are you getting time just to listen to some worship and soak? Are you getting time just to read your Bible? Are you getting time to 
break bread and have meals with each other? Surely these are the questions we should be asking each other. See, if we're going to be a healthy church, if we're going to be a spiritually aware church, we need to go past the question of, are you all right? And, oh, yes, I'm busy. See, that's not going to cut it. It's not going to encourage us to be better in terms of our health, both spiritual and in the natural. Unless we start to change, it'll be too late. Our younger generations will no longer understand the importance of rest. You know our young kids are stressed out more than they've ever been before? You know, there's more youth suicides now than there's ever been before in human history. And it's up to us, church, to model what it looks like to rest and take time out. Because if we don't, church, our young people will never know how important it is. Do you know that? So important. We have to model rest. We have to show our younger generations it's important to take time out. You know, I look at my kids and they think it's normal to be on social media at three o'clock in the morning. I do. Freya says, oh, I don't go to bed till about 4 a.m. That's, is that normal? Is that right? Of course it's not. But we need to make a stand. Now, my kids are older. They're, they're kind of, apart from Levi, they're like 18 plus. So, you know, I've tried to model what it is like. And to be honest with you, some of it's gone in and some of it's been ignored. And that's okay. They're old enough to make their own decisions. But we have to model it, church. Otherwise, it will be too late. So the question I'm left with for us church this morning is this. Who controls our time? Is it the world? Is it today's culture? Or is it God? You see, by keeping a day of rest, or let's say a time of rest, might not be a day, we proclaim to ourselves the lordship of God over our lives. But here's the important thing. It's not just for us. By taking time to rest, we show others the lordship of God over our lives. And it's equally as important. We need church to set an example to the world that God is over all things. We're his beloved children. We're his way of showing the world that he loves us, he cares for us. He has a purpose and a plan for us. It's way beyond our own. But unless we hear what he's saying to us, unless we take heed of his advice, then don't be surprised if things start to go awry, that things start to fall down, if our kids don't understand what rest is for and what's important. So my challenge, church, is this. It's that we don't read these commandments and think, well, yeah, that was, that was for then. 
I think God's saying, actually, this is for now. Probably more than any other time. While life is so pressured and fast and furious, his way has been designed for us in this time. And we need to take stock. We need to think about it. And we need to prioritize rest. So let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you that you are above all things. That, Father God, that you love us, you care for us, and you've set a plan in place for us. A plan that we might take time to just sit at your feet, Father God. To marvel at your creation. To set a different rhythm and pace at times in our week where we can just enjoy who you are. We can demonstrate that to our children and those around us. And just as importantly, Lord, we can show the world that there is a way to live that isn't living at 100 miles an hour every day of every week. That instead, time spent just on a different pace is so needed in today's society. And as we reflect your goodness, Lord, I pray that others will see that that they will be attracted to a plan that was set by you for our goodness, for our spiritual and our physical health, our mental health, and all that we walk in and do. Lord, thank you for helping us understand that. And as we think about this for the rest of the day, I pray you'll speak into our hearts and minds about prioritizing rest. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.